0: For our speaker, our speaker, Ruth Straw. We want to thank you, Father God, for Ruth this morning. We want to bless you for her life. We want to thank you, Lord God, that you came and you died for every single person on this platform and you died for Ruth. You died for every one of us. We want to thank you, Father God, that you have spoken to Ruth, Lord, and Ruth is here to give us a message directly from the throne room of God. We pray, Almighty God, that you would, Lord God, speak through Ruth, Lord. The word of God said this morning, if we hear your voice, we are not to hearken our hearts, we not, we're not to harden our hearts, but we would listen and we would apply the word. And Father God, as we see in the mirror, Father God, as, as Ruth speak, Lord God, as a very oracle of God, we would hear her, hear you, Father God, through her as she speaks your word. We pray, almighty God, that you will anoint her afresh, Lord, as she speaks the word. I pray against any single thing in her life, Father God, Lord, any anything to do with any form of distraction that would come right now, Father God. We pray, Lord God, that you just cocoon Ruth right now. Father, as she comes to speak, that there'll be no distraction, nothing in her mind, Father God, that she'll be so focused, Lord God, with your spirit, Father God. Lord, we thank you for her family. We thank you for her family, Father God, and we pray a blessing over them. We pray, Father God, that you would just put an edge of protection round about her and her family even now. And Father, we thank you, Father God, for this word that is from Ruth right now, Lord, that you have spoken, that she has prepared for and Lord. Lord God, she would just speak because you have filled her mouth with the word of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Now he
1: had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the pool of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God, and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? are you greater than our father jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as did also his sons and his livestock jesus answered everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again but whoever drinks the water i give them will never thirst indeed the water i give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me. God is spirit and his worshiper must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he.
2: Amen. Thanks be to God for that word, we thank you. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, good morning, let me hear you. I like to engage. Good morning. Thank you. I like to know that you're there. I can't see you, I can't touch you. So I want to hear your voices. So Lord, let the entrance of thy word be of light and be of understanding. Father, use this clay. Use me for your glory and for your fame. We thank you for a new day. We thank you for a new dawn. Bless us on this platform. Bless us on Mixelar. In your name I pray. Amen. Good morning still on Mixelar. I forgot my Mixelar. Family and friends out there all over the world. I'm happy this morning to be on this platform to share with you about this Samaritan woman to share with you an interesting story. The story spoke to my heart. The story had me days on on the floor as the Lord dealt with me first before I could deliver to you this morning. My pastor just read from the book of John, John 4 from verse 4 and 26. I thank Mm -hmm. God for her life. I thank God for this powerful woman of God who has been sowing so much into her congregation. I want you to pray for her, that God will continue to give her wisdom and strength and understanding. I know she doesn't like to be highlighted, but I have to address the woman of God in the house of God at New Life Horizon. I am Ruth and you know my big mouth. I'm happy to see one of my sister. I thank you for those who are visiting us for the first time, our sister, Madge, and also, Tash, I don't see, ta- oh, and Tashna Tucker. Thank you for being with us today. I know you had choices and you came here. I'm going to get right into my story. Some of you haven't cooked yet. I'm sorry for you. I might be on until tomorrow this time. <laughs> <Yikes>. <laughs> A joke. I won't do that to you because I know we are in fasting today. So I know Tamar won't be hungry. I know Karen not hungry. I know Anne, I know pastor, and we are not hungry because we are pushing. We're pushing for seven days to get closer to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Okay, my brothers and sisters, Jesus had to go through Samaria. I won't be reading a lot from the Bible. I will be creating this as an exciting, an epic story from this woman of Samaria. And indulge me because I'd like to give her a name. I don't like the Samaritan woman because Samaritans were demarginalized. Samaritans were not liked. So I'm going to give her a beautiful name considering she's from Samaria. I'm going to choose to call her Sammy. So this morning, that's not her name in the Bible, but I am giving her a name. I love names. So Jesus had to go through Samaria. And I'm going to say Jesus had to go through some area. Some of us will be going through some area at some and sometimes in our lives. Some of us will choose to go Kenya on the Kenya trip. Some of us will be going coming to Jamaica. Some of us will be going to Fort Lauderdale. We will be passing through. We will be going through. But I'm saying to you, sometimes some of you on this platform are going through situations Do not camp out, do not camp out there where the Lord is telling you just to go through. Sometimes we remain in the situation for too long and God is saying to you, I allow you to just, I'm allowing you to just pass through. So as I said, I'm calling her Sammy, not in the Bible, but bear with me. Jesus has been walking for three days. He has been going around to Galilee, to Judea, to the ends of the earth. But this time at the sixth hour, when he came to the well, he was tired. Perfection became tired. But weary doesn't mean that you are weak. So he decided to sit down and wait on this woman, to sit alone and wait on Sammy. He sent his disciples, I'm sure, Peter might've been happy because they saw the woman when she approached Jesus. And at that time they left and they went into the city to buy food. Had it been in Jamaica, it would have been KFC for some of us. So they went there to get something to eat. Jesus was intentional. He didn't go with them because he knew what he was about. He was here. He was there to fulfill what his father told him to do. It wasn't about food for him at this time. It was about waiting on a woman that needed to rest. So Jesus sat on that well after three days of walking. He had no Uber. He had no airplane. He only had his footmobile. Tired as he was. As I said before, perfection. This is God in all flesh, skin on, waiting on Sami. And this is at 12 PM because the six hour speaks of 12. And Jesus is there waiting and up comes the woman and you saw her in the video. That might have not been her, but she must have been beautiful because further down we realize it's five times she got married. I'm happy for her. Some of us can't even find one, right? I won't call names. <laughs> However, that's not the story. Ruth had to put that in. So she's coming down to the well and she has her jar and she's walking by herself. And in that jar, I'm assuming that in that jar, she's carrying shame, rejection, discrimination, wrong gender. She's demarginalized. She has a hole in her soul. Oh, my God. This woman has been hiding for a while. And she believes going to the well at this time of the day, in the sixth hour, she wouldn't be seeing anyone. And here comes Jesus, a rabbi, a Jew. Jew does not intermingle with with Samaritans, but Jesus didn't come for that. Jesus came to break barriers. Jesus came to unite. Jesus was there to connect because we know what happened in the Northern Kingdom. Way back in the 700 BC, the Assyrians attack and there was a breakout with the the Assyrians and the Jews, the Jews intermarried. They married to heathen people. And that's how the Samaritans came about. Half Jews, half Samaritans. They were like mongrel dogs, half bred dogs. That's what they were referred to. But this woman came down. She must have felt rejected. She had no identity. She didn't know if she was a Jew or a Samaritan. But here she is going to the well. And here is Jesus waiting on her. And sometimes you need to be alone to reach a soul. He sent the disciples to get food. And as I said earlier on, he was intentional. And I want to remind you that sometimes favor comes from strange places. Favor comes from strange places. Jesus is there sitting. And as I said, she was hiding from society. But he had to do what his father asked him to do. And I want to ask you, brothers and sisters, he was about, he was doing his father's agenda. Whose agenda are you committed to? Is it the agenda of Jesus or is it your own agenda? I'm asking, I'm preaching to myself as I'm talking to you. We sit sometimes at the wrong well. We sit sometimes at the wrong well, waiting on people to affirm us and validate us. Sit with Jesus at the well as my sermon is. We're gonna sit with Jesus today. We're gonna sit with him and let him tell you who you are and whose you are. Let him invade your space. My sister Anne said that early on in praise and worship. I want, it, I want him to invade your space. Anywhere you are on Zoom and on MixLR, allow him to invade your space. The incarnate sat at the well, he is the word and he's sitting with flesh and skin on in all his glory and truth. As it says in John 1, in the beginning was the word And the word was with God. And it goes on in 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word became flesh. The word is sitting with Sammy by the well. It excites me. You can tell I'm excited about this. Full of grace and truth. Jacob's well is the platform to give life. Jesus chose a well. He wasn't on NLH platform preaching. He was sitting by the well. We don't have to go to church to hear a word sometime. Jesus Christ can visit you in your car. He can visit you at the supermarket. He can visit you anywhere with a word, but be in expectancy. So Jesus sat there. And as she comes, I'm sure he's saying, I'm sitting here waiting on you because the scripture says in Isaiah, they that wait upon the Lord, he shall renew their strength. But here we're seeing perfection waiting on a woman, a woman that never had a good reputation, five husband, the sixth one was her beau. And here comes the seventh one to complete her. The seventh one is the great I am. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords is there waiting on humanity to give them grace and truth. The scripture says in Matthew chapter one and verse 28, come unto me, All, all, all you are labored are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. In John, we can see Jesus fully God and fully man. John was very close to Jesus. We are aware that John was was a cousin of Jesus. And we know about the birth because birth met birth. Mary was pregnant with Jesus. Elizabeth was pregnant with John. And when, I don't know where I'm even going with this, but when Mary met Elizabeth, the child jumped in her womb. Be with like-minded people, be with people who are, who are in your same lane, because then that's the only way you will grow and propel. That's what I'm saying to you, my brothers and sisters this morning. So John was an excellent writer. He was epic. He's told us about Jesus, the one here who was fully God and fully man. Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? I'm sure she was thinking, What is he saying to me? He's not, he's a rabbi. Why is he asking me for a drink? Is this another one? Is this a line? Jesus wasn't telling her to give me H2O, which is water. He is the living water. And I remind you again, this is the sixth hour. And he was saying to Sammy, give me a chance to sit in your relationship. And he's saying to you, all of us, even myself, to sit in your relationship, to sit in your marriage, to sit in your homes, to sit in your fears, because I have something better. I have something that is everlasting. I am the bread of life. I am the living water full of grace and truth. This was the Samaritan woman six hour. And Jesus is saying to us here on Zoom and to me that this can also be our sixth hour. We need to give him our hearts. We need to give him our trust. We need to give him the little that we are holding on to. We need to give into NLH. We need to give into Kenya because sometimes we hold on to stuff. Jesus is saying, release that little, and give on to me and look what I will do with it. Give me a drink. Give me a drink, Prudence. Give me a drink, Denise. Give me a drink, Julie. Give me a drink, Stephen. What is God saying to me? What is God saying to you in this sixth hour? What are you willing to give him? What is Ruth willing to give him? Discover me in the sixth hour. Give me your best worship. That's what he's also saying to this woman here. Because when a sinner comes to God, it refreshes his soul. And she had a hole in her soul. And Jesus is saying, give me your best. I'm calling all of you in the sixth hour here, and I'm calling you to a higher dimension in me, a higher calling in me, higher in your faith, higher in your understanding, higher in the way that you relate to the word of God. Jesus came to the well in the sixth hour, as I said early on, to unite us, to connect us. He comes to a place of our need. Jesus was waiting at the well for humanity to recognize their thirst. i repeat that again. Jesus was waiting at the well for Ruth to recognize her thirst. And I'll be talking about four W's this morning. The well, the water, the word, and last but powerful worship. And this leads me now to the water. This leads me now to the water. And we realize that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was with, this is Genesis one and verse one, was without form and, and empty. And darkness was hovering over the deep. The deep here speaks of water. So, in the beginning, there was water. We are also made up of 70% of water. So, we need water. Because if we don't drink water, we do get dehydrated. We have to replenish ourselves. Jesus here in John chapter 4 is the living water. We are composed of water. And at this junction right here at Jacob's well, there are two kinds of water. There's a natural water that will pacify and the living water that will satisfy. Which one are you drinking? Are you drinking the one that will just pacify you? Or are you drinking of the living water that will satisfy you? That's what Jesus was saying to the woman. And she said, give me something to drink. She realized that she was thirsty and she too wanted to drink. And I thought Jesus would have ended the conversation because the woman is now saying, give me salvation. I want it. But Jesus never stopped there. Plot twist. Amen. Amen. Humility is asking. She became humble because for you to ask, you have to humble yourself, humble yourself, and I will exalt. And this Sami, as I called her, is here being humbling herself and asking God for a drink. Sometimes it is uh, difficult for some of us to ask. Difficult, it's maybe easier for you to ask for somebody else. Even this week, I had a challenge asking for sponsorship for Kenya but I had to be bold. I wasn't asking for a drink, but I would love to go. And sometimes we, it's easier to ask for, for somebody else. Right, my sister Anne, instead of asking for yourself. However, this woman asked Jesus for the drink. And when he asked the Messiah, the word for the drink, this, she was, she was waiting. Jesus was waiting on her to get a revelation of herself. To make her humble enough that she can request for this water. Because that is why Jesus, you you see, Jesus is not confrontational. Jesus didn't start the conversation by saying, I know you. Jesus asked for a drink. And that's what he's asking us right here now for something. Jesus doesn't need anything from us. Jesus left the sapphire roads of heaven to come down to humanity to give us a drink. And in exchange for this drink, in exchange for this drink, he's offering us a fountain that will never dry. God is all about the exchange. If you give what is finite, what is limited, I will turn around and give you infinite. I'll give you a fountain of living water that never runs dry. And that is what Jesus wants to give us. The living water. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. This woman was just tired of going to the well, doing the same thing over and over and getting the same results. I'm wondering if any of you on this platform or on Nick is tired of the cycle in your life, a cycle that is destroying you because you're going back to the same place and you're getting the same results, which is a band-aid, is only covering the situation situation is only covering the wound and you're not dealing with the problem my brothers and sisters i invite you to sit with my king of kings my jesus at the well he says in his word in isaiah 61 verse 3 i did tell you he's a god of the exchange it says he will give you beauty for ashes mourning for gladness Despair for pain. He exchanged ashes for beauty. He exchanged mourning for gladness. He exchanged despair for praise. That's what Jesus was doing. And that's what he means when he said there will be a fountain. A fountain. And as I remind you again, the natural water only pacify. But what Jesus gave will Satisfy. Are you drinking the water that is going to pacify you or satisfies you? And I just tell you that there are two water that that coexisted by Jacob's well. One, the natural water and the spiritual water. Sammy took the spiritual water. She said, give it to me. She's standing there. And the Lord gave her that water. I am now going to get on to the word. I haven't even read the text, but you know the text and you know what I'm getting to. So she, she asks for the water and he gives her because in the text, it says, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become a, a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And she said, give me. The water so that I won't get thirsty again and have to keep coming here to draw water. I thought it would have ended there. But Jesus now wanted a word. He wanted truth. So he, he asked her a question. I like Jesus. He's compassionate. He's gentle. He's articulate. He knows when to speak. He knows what to say. Oh, oh how we want to be like him. But to be like him, It's all about obedience and listening to the whispers and humbling yourself and let him speak through you and in you with the water that he gives. And the water is the Holy Spirit. So the word of God, I'm going on now to the word. The word of God now brings truth. Jesus is now telling her about herself. When he looked at her and she's saying, because I figure he would have ended the conversation here because here is a woman, she has accepted salvation because she asks for it. Because if you ask, you will receive Because for God so loved the world that he gave that whosoever believeth on him. So and Mixelar, anybody on this platform, if you haven't known him, you have to ask him and invite him to come into your heart and he will make a big change in your life. Jesus then said to her, where is your husband? He didn't say to her initially, I have five husbands. It gets complicated now. She says, "Mm, it's not my husband. She starts with the blah, 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 everything, Lord. It's not my husband. It's not my husband, Lord. She didn't know who she was speaking to, the great I am, the Messiah who knows the end from the beginning. He knew her. And sometimes Jesus is saying to you on this platform, get vulnerable with me. I desire truth in the inner parts. Because if I don't get the truth, I can't get into your space. I want you to be free. Let go of what you're carrying and let me work on it. She's still conversing. And Jesus, who wanted to show Sammy about herself, which is truth. And this song comes to me. Bread of life, bread of heaven, sent down from glory. Many things you were on earth, a holy king, a carpenter. You are the living word. This is the living word. Speaking to Sammy here. What a privilege and an opportunity. A one-on-one with a woman. A one-on-one with a woman who has been discarded a, wo- a woman that who has been, society did not even give her any place in their heart. Society rejected her, why? Because she had five husbands. But Jesus gave her a classic information. The word of God just, does, the word of God just doesn't reveal God. The word of God reveals sometimes you. And that is what Jesus was doing right here on Jacob's well. He was telling her who she really is. Jesus said truth to the woman. You have five husbands, And yes, the six is your boyfriend. It's your bow. Jesus came at the sixth hour as the seventh man to reveal to her that I'm going to complete you as the king of kings. I'm the Lord of lords. Seven speaks of completion. I love that. He stepped into her life. He sat down with her as the seventh and he completed her at the well. It is not the well that she was startled about. It's not the water. It is the word. In Psalm 119 and verse 130 says, the entrance of thy word gives light and understanding unto the simple. When you get a word, it will light up your life. Word is indeed a light unto my path. Jesus spoke to her truth. It opened her understanding. You can't have church sometimes and not a word. Because after Jesus told her the truth, I'm going a little down further from the text. I never read it. But in John 29, guess what she did? She left her jar and she says, come see a man. Come see a man. He didn't say, Come see a bow or come see my husband. Come see a man. And that's who we need to get intimate with. The man, the seventh one, at the sixth hour in Sammy's life. What a man. I want to remind you that you will never drop your water pot just singing. Do you understand what I'm saying? You can't just drop your water pot by singing. You have to get deeper. You need the word that will stand up in your face and confronts you and let you know who you are, Ruth. You are nothing but clay, but God can make you everything. My brothers and sisters, that's the word. The word is sharper than any two-edged sword, it will pierce. She then switched the subject on Jesus and you can see her again, she deflected. And she's saying, you know, we Samaritans worship on the hill and we worship all over the place and we worship here and we worship on the hill. But Jesus said to her, salvation come from the Jews and worship. Jesus was trying to tell her that, it doesn't matter where you worship. Is the how you worship. It's the how you worship. The word connected her. It transformed her. The word, I'm going to tell you this now, the word is the very sperm of God. It is the word that is going to impregnate all of us. It gives you pregnancy. The words flows in you and you become pregnant because the word himself is Jesus Christ, son of the living God. The word changed your attitude. And I had said early on, and it's found in Hebrews chapter four and verse 12, for the word of God is quick, powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword. When Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, they heard the word, Acts 2 and verse 28, it penetrated their hearts. It penetrated their heart, it pricked their hearts. When the word falls in you, it effect changes. It changes your attitude because this woman attitude changed. She dropped her water pot. She left what she came to the well for. She left all her shame. She left all her, as a common gender, she left everything. And she ran because she was transformed. It was transformational. She's saying, she, this woman, Sammy, was never the same again. She came down to the well to get water. Instead, she got a word. In John 15 and verse 13, you are ready clean because of the word which I have spoken. The word illuminates. David said, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. John said, the word became flesh and dwelt among us in all its glory and its truth. And this is what Jesus was with this Samaritan woman right here. Everything becomes different when you get a word. When the word increase, the disciples multiply. I'll say this again. When the word increase, the disciples multiply. This woman, as she got the word, she became a disciple. She became an evangelist. She evangelized her entire community. She went back and she told him, who are we evangelizing? Who am I evangelizing? This woman who had five husbands, ill-reputed woman, when Jesus gave her a word, it transformed her life. You realize that the churches are closed now and we have to meet here on Zoom, right? But we can get a word anywhere because if you are in, if you're waiting on him, if you're listening on to him, you will get a word. Jesus doesn't need the church building to give a word. He used Jacob's, well, as I said earlier, as his platform to reach the woman and gave her a word. He didn't need a pulpit or a microphone. He sat by a well and he preached. Where is your pulpit? Where are you sitting, my brothers and sisters? Where am I sitting? I know it might be difficult now, but you can use the phone and give a word to a friend. Jesus, and remember this, remember, remember, remember. Sow a seed into Sami, into this Samaritan woman. And it gained a harvest because the village got to know Christ because of that seed. And I'm coming to a close. You're going to eat your dinner. Not really a close just yet because I'm now going to go into worship. King of glory, fill this place. I just want to be with you. Hallelujah. I just want to be with you so king of glory fill this space on zoom fill this space on mixelar we just want you to tabernacle with us and stay there and don't go anywhere that's just i just created that song ladies and gentlemen that's what jesus wants Jesus thirsts for worship. My brothers and sisters, when I was preparing this word more than anything else, this got to me, the worship. Yes, she got the water and yet she got the word. But Jesus is saying to all of us here, I thirst, I thirst for worship. Because she then kept on asking Jesus again, how is it that they worship on the mountain and they worship there and they worship here. Jesus was not interested in the location. Jesus is interested in the heart and obedience. Obedience bring worship. And my brothers and sisters, I'll let you know this, that ignorance of worship can allow you to clap your hands ignorance of worship can allow you to run up and down the aisle ignorance of worship can let you lift your hands up but yet you're not worshiping because the word says that god is a spirit and if you worship him you must worship him in spirit and in truth God is a spirit, and you thirst for what you are, you will thirst for water. And if God is a spirit, He's thirsting for our worship. They that worship God must worship Him. In, and I keep on repeating it because we think that when we worship, we don't need the drums, we don't need anything because the worship comes from our belly, a spring of living water, because it is spirit to spirit. You can praise with your hands. You can praise with your feet. You can praise him with symbols. You can praise him with the drum. You can praise him with all these earthly things. But if you are going to worship him, worship goes beyond the dimension of the physical. Worship isn't a noise. Worship isn't a sound or a drum. It's not about the external, the hallmark, Of a true worshiper is obedience. You offer up your spiritual sacrifice, as it says in 1 Peter 2 and verse 5. You draw near to God with a true heart, as it says in Hebrews 10 and verse 22. When you worship, it's all about God. It's not about you. It's all about the king of kings, the ancient of days, the great I am. Worship is the right attitude, and the attitude speaks of the spirit. Worship is the right standard, and the right standard speaks of truth. Worship is exclusive and inclusive. You enter into his gates with praise. Praise involves everyone, everybody. Worship has a criteria. Worship. Is in spirit and in truth. Worship isn't a sound. It isn't a noise. And I repeat again that so you enter into the gates. Quench my thirst, the Lord is saying, with your worship. And that is what he told me to tell you here on this platform. Quench my thirst. He thirsts for your worship. The Alpha, the Omega, the great I am is seeking for those. He is a seeker. He's seeking for those to worship him with no mask, with no filter. He wants to invade your inward space. As I said, it's not about the external. It's about him from within. Let that sink in for a while. He wants to invade my internal space. Because worship, God is a spirit and we must worship him in spirit and in truth. The father seeks, the father is seeking for worshipers. He said to the Samaritan woman, I thirst. And on that cross again, he said, I thirst. He was still seeking for worshipers. To worship, to worship the King of Kings. Worship may not change your family crisis, your debt, but worship will change you from the inside out. It may not change everything, but it changes you. You become like God. You become like Jesus. You become like the great I am. You worship what you become. So if you love food, you're gonna get fat. And I'm speaking to myself. I'm not throwing words at anybody, but you, if you love to worship God, you will become like him. Stop focusing on the gap and the weaknesses, but start worshiping him. He has no lack. He has no deficiency and you will become like him. Whenever you worship him, you will generally become like him. In his presence, there is fullness of joy. At his right hand, sorry, there is pleasures forevermore. Oh, what fellowship divine. I am yours and you are mine. In the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. My brothers and sisters, he's seeking for worshipers. Will you worship the King of Kings? And last but not least, Jesus did not, as as we get to the end of the verse, and I'm coming to an end. The woman said, I know the Messiah called Christ. And when he comes, he will explain everything. At this time, and after Jesus told her about everything, she thought he was a prophet. She didn't know he was the Messiah. She didn't know that the great I am was right there with her. The ancient of days was right there. The good shepherd in all his glory, in all his fame, in all his truth was right there. We see in the book of John, Jesus did not tell his disciples who he was. He didn't tell John, but Jesus told this Sammy, this Samaritan woman, a woman of ill repute that I am the I am. When he invades your space, you will know the I am, that I am. My brothers and sisters, I end here because I want us to pray. I want us because Jesus is seeking us. He's seeking us to worship him. Not with the loud noise. When there is no music, we dig deep where the spirit meets spirit. That's what he's calling us to. True worshipers, we forget the crowd. We forget who is around us. We can do it anywhere. We don't have to go to church or dressed up like how I am now. You can do it anywhere in your house. And I know you might be doing it, but dig deep. Dig deep and reach out to him because that is what Jesus told to tell you that he's thirst for true worship. Are we true worshipers? Or why is just a facade? When we come in and we lift our hands, is it just to show the crowd that yes, we are emotional? Jesus looks at the heart and man looks at the outward. Jesus is calling us to higher dimension. Sami, as I called her, went to the well. Jesus sat with her. He gave her the water. He gave her the word. And she became a worshiper. She changed her community. A seed was planted. And there was a harvest. A harvest of soul. She no longer had a a hole in her soul. Because she left that water jar. And she ran. And that is what Jesus is saying. Every sin that is besetting you. Every fear that is besetting you. Leave it and worship me. He inhabits all praise and all worship. And for those of you who don't know him, I'm ending my message here now. And you want to drink of that water that will not pacify, it will satisfy. He will satisfy you. He will give you joy unspeakable because he is God. My brothers and sisters, I want to do a little exercise with you before I close and I'll be asking whoever would like to accept this great I am, the word that sat with the Samaritan woman. I just want to ask you now to raise your hand if there's anyone on mix, I can't see you on Mixalar, but at the end of the service, we'll put up the number and you can call and we'll be happy to sit with you to sit in your space and tell you more about the great I am. So right now I'll be praying the sinner's prayer for those who would like to accept the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And like the Samaritan woman, you start a harvest because a seed is sown. So Father, I thank you. Thank you for your word. And Lord, I'm asking you if anyone would like to accept you as your Lord and savior, And they will pray this prayer that, Father, forgive me because I have sinned. I want you to invade my space. I want you to come into my life and be the third or the fourth or the second or the fifth or the seventh man because seventh speaks of completion and you will complete me. I come humbly at your throne and I ask you to forgive me and write my name. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. And this is an exercise for us here now who are Christians. And I do believe most of us on this platform are. I just want you to close your eyes. Take off your glasses and close your eyes for a little bit. It's a little time to see who you are. Close your eyes. I want you all to close your eyes because I do believe God wants to change us from the inside out. He wants to change me from the inside out. He's seeking for worshipers. He's seeking for people who can worship him in spirit and in truth. I just want you to close your eyes and envision yourself in a garden. A garden with beautiful flowers. The flowers are so beautiful. If you love orchids, if you love roses, you're in a bed of orchids. And at the end of the path, there is a well. At the end of the garden, there is a well. And I want you on this platform, each and every one of you indulge me for a little bit. I lower the bucket into the well. Lower it deep. Lower the bucket into the well. And as you lower that bucket, whatever you're carrying, whatever fear, whatever shame, whatever it is, Jesus is saying, I am sitting with you and I'm in your space. And as you lower the bucket and you have lowered everything that is besetting you, as the bucket is coming up, in it, is the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on Calvary. And Jesus is saying in that bucket that is coming up, I'm asking you to dip your finger in it. It can be any finger, you're still in your garden, but he wants you to dip a finger in it and touch that blood. He wants to fill you to overflow. He wants to fill you to a higher dimension. He wants to fill you to worship him. But he's saying also, I want to remove all pain, all fear. So as you dip that finger into the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on Calvary, I want you to envision that you're doing it. Touch it wherever hurts. Touch it wherever you need healing. Touch the heart. Touch that headache, Father God. Jesus wants to heal. Jesus wants to reconcile. This morning, all of you on this platform, and he told me to tell you by his stripes, we are healed. So as you touch that area, I will be praying over you right now and praying over myself. And I say, Jesus, You are our king of kings. You are our Jehovah Rapha. You are our healer. We are are inviting you into that space, into the deep surfaces of our hurts. And we're asking you by your blood that you remove all pain. If there is sickness, God, we're asking you to remove this morning. And let us be true worshipers that can worship you in spirit and in truth. My brothers and sisters, the blood heals. The blood prevails. The blood is powerful. Whatever hurts, let go and be vulnerable. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus, son of the living God, son of the living God, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, invade our space this morning. Invade each and every one on this platform that they will never be the same. Fear must go, shame must go, and the truth must step in. I thank you. I thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.